Hello and welcome to Rise of RevOps. This episode features an interview with Mary D'Alessandro, Vice President of Revenue and Revenue Operations at InfoBip, a leading global cloud communication platform for businesses and developers. Mary is an expert in cloud communications with more than 20 years of international experience in mobile and technology sales. She began her career at Vodafone in Europe, followed by several senior management roles across Silicon Valley and the East Coast at cloud communication companies like Inblox, Cinch, and Cineverse. On this episode, Mary discusses leveraging new industry trends, accelerating pipeline growth, and diagnosing revenue operations pain points. But first, a brief word from our sponsor. Rise of RevOps is brought to you by Qualified. Qualified's Pipeline Cloud is the future of pipeline generation for revenue teams that use Salesforce. Learn more about the Pipeline Cloud on qualified.com. And now, please enjoy this interview with Mary D'Alessandro, Vice President of Revenue and Revenue Operations at InfoBip, and your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Rise of RevOps. I'm Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios, and today I am joined by a special guest, Mary. How are you? I'm very good, Ian. How are you? Great to have you on the show. Excited to chat about revenue operations. You've been doing this a while, and uh, we're super excited to have you on the show. So um, let's get into our, uh, our rev opening here. Tell me a little bit about InfoBit. Absolutely. So InfoBit is a global leader in uh, cloud communications. What we offer is a combination of CFAS and SaaS solutions that are fully customizable to the specific needs of pretty much any company in the world. So our solutions are API-based, therefore very easy to use to enable the most connected, personalized, and on-demand customer experiences a company could offer, while at the same time having the choice to either scale all the way down to just adding our communication channels to their own platform, or scale all the way up to leveraging our complete SaaS solutions to address the needs of both their contact centers and their customer engagement strategy. Also having the option to supercharge those solutions with our own customer data platform and chatbot capability. Great. And what is your end buyer? What does that buying committee look like? Who are you selling to? So we sell to pretty much any type of company, either directly or through our partners. So any company that has a need to communicate to their customer base would be interested in using our either, again, CPAS or SaaS solutions. And who is the person who usually signs the dotted line on, uh, on those agreements? So that could be either the CTO or also the person in charge of customer care. It really depends on the type of solutions that they're interested in. If it's the solutions that could improve their customer engagement strategies, then it could be the person in charge of marketing. So we have different buyer persona, again, because our solutions give companies options depending on the needs that they are trying to resolve. So how big is the sales team? How big is your go-to-market team? And, uh, And where does your role sit? So our revenue operation team is a very lean team of two people. We have uh, one person focused on executing all our processes and one person focused on enablement. And the small size is intentional to keep the team's efficiency very high while dedicating most of our resources to customer-facing teams. And that is because 
For Infobip, uh, being a customer-centric company, it is very important to operate by doing everything we can to always deliver the best experience possible to our customers. Then, being in revenue operation, we support all the other teams following the entire customer journey. So the goal of our department is to accelerate and maximize revenue growth with the highest profitability. And we do that through operational efficiency while keeping all teams accountable to revenue. So at Infobip, we execute on that uh, with revenue operation being a standalone function using a holistic approach. And that is with the objective of breaking down the silos across not just sales, marketing, and customer success, as um, potentially uh, other revenue operation teams may be doing, but we do that across all pre- and post-sales operation. So that uh, we, with the objective of covering the entire customer journey from lead generation and management to how we retain our customers and help them grow their business. So to answer your question about the sales team, so we have different departments, um, starting from business development, inside sales, sales, professional services, partnership, sales engineering, product sales, uh, customer success. And each team, you know, different sizes uh, depending on, on the needs at hand. But they could go from 20 people plus let's say, on average. You mentioned kind of the lean nature of the team and, and how that might be a little, you know, unique in that way, but also that's very purposeful. How do you think that your revenue operations team compares to other RevOps teams or other, uh, you know, ops teams? I would say it's our focus on the entire customer journey. Again, we don't try to align just sales marketing and customer success, but all the teams that are in charge of improving that experience that a customer of ours would go through from the time that the company is a prospect to the time that company becomes a customer and start growing its business with Infobib and the way we support them in doing that. Uh, so the way we're different is this level of attention that we pay throughout the customer journey and not just focusing on sales marketing and customer success. And so what was it like coming into this role, VP of revenue operations, you know, new company, company's been around a little bit, you know, sizable organization. How did you approach those first 90 days? Sure. So first, uh, based on my own experience on selling to businesses and managing them through the life cycle, I reviewed the status of things to clearly identify the existing challenges. Then I define a set of guiding principles to create a high-level direction for the strategy. Like, for example, as I was saying, implementing processes that create alignment across teams throughout the customer journey, foster accountability, thrive on communication, and promote trust. And finally, I define a set of measurable actions to execute on the strategy with, again, the goal of maximizing and accelerating the time to revenue with the highest profitability, while also paying uh, very close attention to removing any possible friction to increase the velocity of our revenue teams by also making sure their experience is as effortless as 
possible. And that is very important because as you start adding processes and tasks to accelerate growth, you also risk adding complexity that can slow that growth down. So at the same time, we also take action to reduce that added complexity. All right, let's get to our first segment, Rev Obstacles. Obstacle, obstacle. An obstacle to what? There's your obstacle! Where we talk about solving hard problems. What's the hardest RevOps problem that you faced in the last six months and how did you solve it? So I would say accelerating the growth of our pipeline has always been one of our main priorities. And we have done that by first implementing processes to better segment our customer base, then uh, prioritizing the highest ROI opportunities, and finally creating a focus-based team to go after those opportunities, but also leveraging specific functions like partnership and professional services to add more value and better differentiate our offering. Yeah, what's an example of one of the things that you did there to differentiate so what we do is when we engage with prospect or could be also existing customers, again, it's not just the salesperson having that consultative conversation, but we add value to the table by bringing other subject matter experts. Like a good example could be professional services, because as we talk to customer and prospects about the best way for them to implement our solution so that they can get the highest ROI on that, we bring this a sort of consultant that is going to explain to them how to do that in the best and most efficient way possible. So these are all, as I said, additional values that we want to provide in order to offer the best experience also to our direct customers when they interact with Infobip. They know that they will have a, not just the salesperson trying to sell the best solution to them based on their needs, but a real consultative team that first understand what they're trying to achieve and based on that, uh, advise them on the best way to utilize our solution. What's your biggest RevOops moment <laughs> or maybe a mistake that you've made in, in the past six months or so? I would say not fully leveraging the power of partnership from day one. And that because as I was being very laser focused on growing the revenue coming from our direct channels and partnership and treating them as two separate streams, that created a blind spot I discovered when getting more involved in the strategy towards one of our segment of customers, which are the platforms. You can see them as a sort of resellers of our solutions. And therefore, almost all, have, uh, all of them have partnered programs. That was not not new information to me. Instead, what became evident uh, were the synergies I could create by setting up the right processes in the way the people in charge of platforms and partnership could work better together with the objective of initiating 
all the several revenue streams simultaneously rather than one after the other. How do you kind of like diagnose problems? Is there like a, a way that you do that? Or, you know, obviously you're supporting sales, marketing, and customer experience or customer success, I should say. And so like, are they bringing problems to you and saying like, hey, Mary, can you fix this? Are you kind of seeing these things yourself? How do you find those problems? I would say both. They, of course, bring to me all the problems and I actually ask them to do so because it's my job to fix those problems. But at the same time, because I've been in their position in my past, and uh, that really gives me the advantage of understanding their pain points and having a understanding how to resolve them. So I proactively advise them on, I wouldn't call them problems, but how they could approach a certain situation in a better way because I've done that myself and through my experience, I've been able to understand how to do that uh, in a good way. And that, again, is with the objective of, uh, to, of making sure that also it's not only about giving the best experience to our customers, but also to our internal customer, let's say. So all these uh, teams that we are supporting, we have to make sure that, as I was saying earlier, as we add processes, we make sure that those are very uh, as effortless as possible. And so that's where I'm being proactive in trying to anticipate, let's say, possible problems that I know they could face if we're not making certain changes. So to answer your question, I do it both ways. Let's get to our next segment, the tool shed. Hey, hey Brandon, Michael, wanna do me and mom a favor, get off that shed? This is my favorite place. <laughs> the tool shed. Get off the shed! This is where we're talking tools, spreadsheets, metrics, just like everyone's favorite tool, qualified. No B2B tool shed is complete without qualified. Go to qualified.com right now and learn more. You can talk to a salesperson like as soon as you get to the site. Go to qualified.com to learn more. Mary, what's in your tool shed? So I will group them into three areas. The first one is Salesforce to monitor the health of our future business. So by looking at leads, pipeline, and revenue forecast. Within Salesforce, I also use two other tools. One is called Altify for account planning, and the other one is called Exactly for the revenue forecast. Then the second area will be our own proprietary tools uh, to monitor the health of our current business. And so there I look at revenue, gross profit, gross margin, and net retention rate. And the third one, I would like to say LinkedIn, which I believe is becoming more and more an important tool for businesses. I personally use it to monitor how our business could evolve in the very near future by keeping the pulse on what is happening in the marketplace, not only to our customer prospect partners and competitors, but also looking at all the new technologies that are coming up and thinking how we could leverage those technologies to give our customers the ability to offer even more connected, personalized, and on-demand experiences. And also to me, it's very important to keep up to date with current trends, not only to be able to better advise our customers on their existing needs and challenging them 
or new ones that they may not be aware of, but also to make sure that we keep up with those trends and trying to anticipate some of, of them to be able to put ourselves ahead of the innovation curve as much as possible. How do you feel about spreadsheets? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Is it necessary evil? I actually uh, love spreadsheets, but I think it's important obviously, to know how to use them. <laughs> because, you know, spreadsheets go with data. And so for me, it's very important that when we use them, we also always audit how the data has been sourced to make sure that the information our system delivers to us through spreadsheet is accurate. And then another thing that uh, I love doing when working with spreadsheet is uh, to make sure that we always normalize uh, the data by removing anomalies and exceptions uh, because those could skew the numbers. What I always tell my team or anyone who works with spreadsheet and therefore is doing data analysis, etc., is always answer the, what I say, the so what. Uh, question uh, to communicate the story the numbers are telling us and what actions we're going to take based on that story. What are the metrics that you care about the most? So again, I would group them into, I would say, four categories because the first one will be uh, financial metrics. So there will be, will be revenue, gross profit, gross margin, and net retention rate. Then uh, would be new business metrics like leads and uh, pipeline value, the growth of our pipeline, time to contract, time to launch, ramp up time. The third one uh, would be the productivity uh, metrics like the return on investment on absolutely everything we do. And that would include marketing campaigns and events. And the last one, very important will be the customer satisfaction metrics. So that those I look at customer satisfaction score, customer effort score, and ultimately the net promoter score. Is there something that you wish you could measure better, or maybe it was like a blind spot or something like that, that, that you can't see? I would say people productivity down to every single task each of each person has to perform to achieve his or her goals. Because understanding the ROI on each task, which again, may, may be different depending on the person doing it, would be very interesting to fully optimize our operation through either automation or other methods. Is there something that maybe like a newer tool or something that you've been using that you can't live without? I don't want to sound repetitive because also those tools may not be considered new, but I could definitely not live without Salesforce or LinkedIn. And again, to summarize Salesforce, uh, because it gives me access to almost everything I need to know about the business happening inside the organization, while LinkedIn gives me access to almost everything I need to know about the businesses happening outside the organization in the marketplace. So I think the combination of the two is absolutely essential for me to be able to uh, provide the best performance possible for the company. Yeah, can we dive in like a little bit more on the LinkedIn? I know you talked about this already, but to dive in a little further, how are you using LinkedIn? 
Are you pulling, you know, data there? What What are you doing? So what I do uh, mainly is I look at trends and I'm not pulling data from LinkedIn. I really, you know, use it uh, in a way that it provides me on the daily base, basis uh, a very good overview of what is happening in the marketplace. And by marketplace, I'm talking about the technology industry in general, not necessarily only CPAS and SaaS solution, which is what InfoBib offers, but also other technologies like we are all aware of some of them like the metaverse, NFTs, cryptocurrencies. Because again, I believe it's also the job of revenue operations or go-to-market to try to anticipate those trends and trying to leverage everything that is in the marketplace that we could use with the objective of providing a better customer experience. So it, by looking at um, these new trends, it could give us an opportunity as a company uh, to offer our customers the ability to implement experiences that are even more connected, uh, that are even more personalized and on demand. So it's really a tool, it's kind of a window, again, from inside the company to the outside, depending of course, how you're using it that can really accelerate the time to market uh, for some new solutions that maybe the company was not thinking about previously. Anything cool that you're doing with data or any, any sort of data projects? When talking data, what we do, we always pay attention to what the data is telling us and to make sure if that is accurate based on what we know. So what I'm trying to say is that what we're doing, we do not just download data and then take it for granted. But what we do with data is to make sure that we get a good set of information by going back to what I was saying earlier, removing those anomalies and exceptions that may skew the overall information that the data is, is, is trying to provide us. So that's how, at the moment, we're looking at data. Any other uh, spreadsheet tips for us? I mean, I, I really think the, the ones I mentioned about, especially out of the three I was talking about earlier, I would say the level of attention that we have to pay on how the data has been sourced. Because uh, I've seen that in most cases that is given for granted, it's assumed that the way the data has been sourced is correct. And depending on the complexity of the analysis that we are trying to do, that may not be always the case. So I would say if I have to give just one tip is to pay a lot of attention to that before start starting mining data. Okay, let's get to our final segment, quick hits. Quick. 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 quick questions and quick answers. Number one, if you could make any animal, any size, what animal would it be and how big would it be? Um... I would say a mini elephant. Uh, so he or she could live with me always because I know they're known to be extremely loyal to those around them. Do you know that elephant, baby elephants can't 
can't like figure out how to use their trunk for like the first year. So that's why they kind of like whip it around so much. Really? Yeah. What is your biggest RevOps misconception? So I believe that sometimes revenue operation may be seen as the equivalent of a tech department for sales because their focus is more on the word operation rather than revenue. Well, we know that the purpose of the function is to grow revenue rather than taking care of the operation. Of course, I'm fully aware that enabling the tech stack is a core part of the function, but we know the revenue operation is far more than that and coordinating activities. It's really a commitment to change the way the company does business. And how we decide to do that, it is going to determine the level of success for that company and how quickly we will achieve that. What's your favorite movie character of all time? I have to say Indiana Jones because I remember uh, loving watching those movies when I was little. If you were to make one RevOps prediction of something that's going to be coming true, what would it be? I believe that most companies will realize that getting revenue operation right can be one of the most powerful things they can do to accelerate revenue and profitability. And actually, I was reading the other day that Gartner predicts that 75% of the highest growth companies in the world will deploy a revenue operation model by 2025. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Definitely time travel so that I can go into the future and then come back to make the best decisions. I love it. Final question. What advice would you have for someone who's a brand new VP of RevOps? So a few things. First and foremost, make sure that any decision you take is done by always keeping top of mind how that will deliver the best experience to your customers and how to make that process as effortless as possible for those team in charge of delivering that flawless experience. And that takes me to a second advice, which is to make sure to clearly understand the pain points of the teams you're supporting. If you don't have first-hand experience on what they do, hire someone in the team who does. Having that first-hand knowledge is going to be extremely important and it's going to accelerate the success of your revenue operation team. Um, another advice would be uh, knowing that any company has limited resources, you can maximize the success by how well you allocate those resources towards the key objectives. And then I would like to give these other two uh, as a, a, advice, which would be uh, one, again, what is happening outside in the market is as important as what is happening inside in your organization. Do not lose touch by focusing entirely internally, but leverage the external inputs, information, data points to make the most strategic decision for your business. And that takes me to the last point, which, as I was saying, you have to be committed to change the way your company does business. How you decide to do that will make a big difference in the degree of success your company will achieve and how quickly you will help them to get there. Mary, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining the show. For our listeners, you can go check out infobip.com to learn more. Give a nudge to your uh, your CTO and tell them to check it out. Mary, any, any final, final thoughts? Anything to plug? 
Well, of course, as you said, if anyone would like to find out more about InfoBib, you can also follow us on LinkedIn. I wanted to thank you so much, Ian, for the opportunity. I really enjoyed the conversation. And people can also find me on LinkedIn, so feel free to reach out. Awesome. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining and take care. Thank you for listening to Rise of RevOps. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you're listening. This podcast was created by the team at Qualified. The Pipeline Cloud is the modern way B2B revenue teams generate pipeline. Learn more at qualified.com.